Okay, welcome to part two, zombie businesses. Uh, we are trying to help you survive the business zombie apocalypse and uh, using zombie as a little play on the living dead of your business. If you didn't catch all the fun explanations of episode one, go ahead and jump back. Get that. Uh, that's where we go in, or we went into the management side of the zombie businesses, kind of things to, to look for, to look out for. Uh, and we, we left off mentioning that when you get into the financial side is where you can specifically identify the zombie and you can specifically kill the zombie. And so, you know, make sure that you have that, that foundation of, you know, what a zombie is, why we want to avoid it, uh, the management side of it. But we are definitely going into the numbers. We are looking at the finance side of a zombie business. And as we start into the finance side, I want to, because we kind of hit on it in the first episode, but I want to make sure that it's clear that you need to understand the difference between a zombie business and a business that has seasonality. Because some of the characteristics oh, yeah. kind of look the same, but if you understand the seasonality of a business, you won't make the mistake of thinking, oh, great, my, my business has problems. So if you're not sure about that, um, I, I don't know if we've ever done a an episode on seasonality. You know, we haven't, and and I think it's worth bringing up. Maybe maybe at a future date we'll we'll go in depth on seasonality and understanding you know cash flow and income based around seasonality of your business. And yeah, we probably should. So, anyways, if you're not sure that you have seasonality, but your business seems to be struggling, then I'm going to say, look, here here's some warning signs that we'll go over. But you got to make sure that you weed that one out because otherwise you're gonna you might go down a path that causes you more problems because it's really more seasonality than it actually is. Your, your business is a zombie business and it's well, and so dead and you're just trying to keep it alive. Like Frankenstein, you know, Frankenstein, you're just shocking it like crazy thinking that it's going to come to life <laughs> and it's not. So, so I, I think with, uh, with seasonality, I'm going to touch on just a couple things. Uh, number one, startups are different. And looking Correct. at the, the cash flow uh, and the cash flow needs of startups. So I'm going to say that you really can't get into understanding seasonality of your business unless you've been around uh, probably a minimum of two years, maybe even a little bit more. You, you can start to notice trends, but in terms of like really getting in and managing seasonality, you got to let some stuff work itself through. And everyone immediately Correct. goes to seasonality of the, you know, the summer, winter, fall, spring seasons, you know, the quarters, uh, they kind of break the year into four. Um, that, that's, that's a good starting point actually, but most businesses are going to operate uh, a little bit differently. I mean, you might, if you're a ski resort, obviously winter is your season and summer's not, Right. but, um, you know, don't get don't get too hung up on just looking at you know quarters or you know the weather as as seasons. There are other you know other trends that uh, that tend to happen. Uh, you know, in my business, I found out that I follow the same pattern as personal trainers because it has to do with human motivation patterns. Oh, interesting. You know, when when do people care about their business? When do they want to get right, motivated? But right. no one in July wants to do anything with their business. They <laughs> no. want to go on vacation. That's right. And so July is not a good month for me, but September, ooh, September yeah. is a great month for me. And so I started planning ahead of time when I'm reaching out to people who want to book, uh, you know, trainings. 
you know, I know that, all right, January and September are actually when people want to book trainings, but they don't think about it till January and September. So my busy months are March and, and October. Like that's just how, oh, you know, yeah, 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 how, yeah. how yeah. it works. And yeah, so it's, how it plays out. Okay. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that I, I've tried to reach out to people in December and be like, Hey, you want to plan for, you know, let's get you on the books for, you know, early yeah, year. Nothing. And they're all, yeah, we'll get back to yeah, you as soon as the Christmas holidays the are way. over. Mm-hmm. It's always, let me get back to you after the holidays. No one wants to talk to me December 28th. Right. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but anyway, with, uh, with seasonality, this is the big thing that I want to talk about with zombie businesses, and that is no one's season should ever go longer than a year. If you have not made profit within a year, you need to understand either you're a startup, either it, it can be a bad year where markets are off, but you need to understand that. You know, uh, but if you're going uh, year over year and not making profit, that's that, that's the first thing I'm looking for uh, for a zombie business is I'm saying, OK, how long does it take you to get to profitability? And it's OK if you come in and out of profitability. But if you're not really hitting yeah, right. profitability within yeah. that year, uh, you're, you're a zombie business. So let's let's talk about some more tangible signs that that might be indicators that I'm in a zombie business and I, I better start recognizing these ones so that either one, I cut my losses and move on um, or, or they're, you know, cause I, Frankenstein's my favorite zombie. Everyone says Frankenstein's not a zombie. Yeah, Frankenstein's a zombie. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. He is. But, but the nice thing about Frankenstein is that at least you can shock him back to life and he's kind of big and strong. And so he kind of survives, but there might be a chance if your business is on the Frankenstein level of a zombie business, but, but most, anyways, I don't want to, maybe I better not go into it because now we're getting no, too I'm, many. I'm, I'm enjoying this Frankenstein tangent. Like I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's fun. <laughs> I argue he's a zombie. But, <laughs> okay. But you know, I mean, so it's interesting that in businesses that are zombie businesses, I, I like to say there's rumors. Okay. Okay. And, and I openly acknowledge that rumors aren't necessarily the best thing, but there's always truth to the rumor, right? There's always, generally when there's a rumor out there, there's a form of truth. And so if there's rumors that the company is struggling, if there's rumors that, hey, we can't pay bills, if there's rumors that, hey, I might not get a paycheck, if there's rumors, even though it, it might kind of squeak through at the last minute, mm. does that make sense? Okay, so you're talking that there's a reason why the rumor was started in the first place. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. So inside of, especially if you're, you know, employees, you know, there's 15 employees or, you know, 50 employees, somewhere in that range. Uh, rumors generally inside of a business have some validity. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in management, okay, I better be paying attention to it. And because as an owner, I don't see them as rumors as much as I'm kind of saying, well, no, 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 we're, we're just... We're just, we're just, you you don't understand what everything that's happening. Don't, don't worry about it. We're just, okay. Yeah. So I kind of played off that it's not a rumor, but still, if the rumor's kind of floating out there that, Hey, there's some potential problems. Rumors are, whether you want to admit it or not, are a good indicator that there's something going on that may not be right. Yeah. And we better explore it a little bit deeper. It's, it's kind of like stereotypes are there for a reason. As much as everyone's like, oh, you know, I don't believe in stereotypes. I'm like, Correct. well, y- you do. 
hopefully you don't dictate your life by stereotypes. Correct. You know, and so yeah, I think that's 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 great to look at. You know, what what are the rumors? What so are people saying? The what's chatter, the conversation? What's the chatter? You know, maybe I should use chatter instead of rumors. But there's there's always chatter that's happening. As an owner, are we listening to the chatter, and are we smart enough to recognize? Does the chatter have validity? So I find that a lot of uh, a lot of business cultures are that people will say what they feel and then the boss will walk into the room and they'll say something totally different. Oh yes. So yes. how how do you get to the chatter? You're the boss, you want to know what's going on. You know that stuff is being said, but no one will say it to you, so you don't know what the chatter is. How do you get to that? Well, I I'd say listen to episode 1 of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great where advice. We talk, where we talk about management. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because uh, there's a key indicator that if if there's no trust between ownership/management slash management, and employees in the front line, that that's that's an indicator. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and we talk more in detail about that. So, so that that's a key indicator that potentially I have some I have some, um, uh, what's the word we used? Infested. I'm, I'm. Oh, I <laughs> that we use. Anyways, I I'm infected. Infected. Yeah. Yeah, I'm infected with something. That I need to address. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that disease is creeping in. That financial disease or zombie business zombie diseases. I'm infected. Mm-hmm. So, so if I if I if I am affected, then I need to make sure that I'm not just ignoring it. That I really am. I, I you gotta. That's that's the thing about rumors that I love is that too often we just. We try to say that oh I'm I'm bigger and better than rumors and I'm not going to spread the rumors. No no no. Yeah, but rumors, there's some chatter. There's there's always truth to the rumor. Mm-hmm. So don't ignore it, but don't be extreme about it, but at least explore it. So I think that's a good segue into, you know, we kind of uh, ended episode one saying that there are some tangibles that we can do. And, you know, you, you just said, if there's a rumor, if there's chatter, don't ignore it. Uh, I, I want to segue into what do you do? Okay, right. so you are infected, uh, or you suspect that you might be on the verge of being a zombie business, or you want to just safeguard yourself against becoming a zombie business. So, um, so let's 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 give some examples. So, rumors are, hey, rumors are that um, we're not getting supplies from our suppliers because we haven't paid them. Okay, right, that's a rumor. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the chatter on the floor, and if I'm a management, I know the truth of that or not. Right. Okay, but that's a rumor floating out there, um, or there's chatter that hey, you know what? Um, we haven't received a payment from someone. We're hoping that payroll is going to be on time, but uh, they're kind of holding us up. Okay, that's that's some chatter out there. Okay, so we're hearing those rumors. Um, so. Actions are, are we actually figuring out whether or not uh, we didn't receive supplies because we didn't pay the vendors, right? Yeah. So that's the action is that the rumor is, is especially if I'm in a management position, because I, this, I'm trying to figure out, well, depending on where you're at in the company, how do I handle it? Because Mm -hmm. owners generally know it, even though they may not want to openly admit it. Managers may know it, even though they only know 
kind of half the truth because they're not seeing behind, behind the scenes and what's happening in the accounting offices. And of course, if I'm an employee, you know, that's a whole different story because if I don't get a paycheck, how, how long do I want to stay here hoping that, yeah, this is going to smooth itself out versus yeah. taking an opportunity that would come otherwise. So uh, I'll, I'll give an example to this. Um, I recently engaged with a company. Uh, I'm doing some consulting work for them. And uh, they're pretty cool. They're, they're exciting. They've been in business for a year now. Um, and they're probably going to do about a half a million, uh, in, in revenue this, you know, this year. And so they've had some, you know, pretty good growth, uh, you know, off to a good start. There's two employees running this right now. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a legit business guys. Like you guys are definitely onto something. Uh, but the problem is they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. So, so they, they asked me, they're like, will you come in and help us get set up correctly? Because we know that there's opportunity here, but we don't want to just keep, you know, faking it. Like let's, let's get set up correctly. So I, uh, I sat down with them and, uh, was, you know, going over the financials. And I said, okay, let's get your financials set up. And they were, uh, you know, they were doing estimates and invoicing just, uh, you know, kind of out of a notebook uh, and sort of like the mm -hmm. owner knows the business well enough that he's able to on the fly, just, you know, write down stuff. And he's got, you know, all these papers that are strewn about. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, 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 let's, let's get better. You know, so we, we got them set up into, uh, you know, matter of fact, that's another warning sign. Uh, Chasing a squirrel for a second. Another warning sign. If I don't have clear processes. Yes. Okay. So and and and, and that's exactly where it was. So um, you know. So anyway, we got them set up into a uh, a software that'll do the accounting and the estimating. And I told him, I'm like, okay, get set up. And so he tells me, he's like, oh my gosh, this is so much better. Like, I love this mm -hmm. process. And, and I'm like, that's great. So I sit down with him. This was, this was in fact yesterday. I'm sitting down with him and, you know, we're looking at this and I tell him, I'm like, okay, now off of this, so it's all in the uh, accounting software. I'm like, off of this, let's go to the reports and pull up your P&L. And he's like, what? I'm like, well, yeah, mm -hmm. you need, you need to look at your P and L. He's like, okay. You know? And so he's like, where do, where do I find that? And, and, you know, and so he's been, you know, he's been watching tutorials on how to get set up. He's been working with his accountant on how to get set up. And so I assumed that he had already been into his profit and loss statement, but he had never had. So I'm like, okay, let me show you the profit and loss statement. And we walk through and I'm like, okay, according to this, you actually lost money last quarter. I'm like, is that true? And he's like, no, 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 we shouldn't have lost money last, last quarter. I'm like, well, this said that you, that you did. Right. And we walked him through this whole thing and found out that even though his estimates and invoicing was set up correctly, his financials were not set up correctly. And so he's like, oh my gosh, I need to go redo all that. I'm like, yeah, you do need to redo all this because the story that it's telling you is that, you know, is that you're broken. And, uh, and so, you know, you're talking about rumors and you're kind of putting in this perspective, you know, I picture, you know, everyone around the water cooler saying, do you believe what Larry said? Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but in, in this instance, like it's still the same concept is, you know, the owner had in his mind, oh, hey, we had a great quarter but the report was showing something totally different. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah, you've got an inconsistent, you've got a rumor, you know, it's coming from a software program, but, right. but you've right. got, you've got a rumor that is saying, yeah, you're there's not profitable. Yeah. There's a problem. 
And, and so, uh, you know, we, we had a great discussion off of it and, you know, kind of showed him where the errors were and, and that he has to go back and, and, and fix some things and, you know, we'll do some follow-up with that. But it was, uh, it was a good opportunity to see how, you know, the owner can easily think that things are running smoother than they really are. And you got to look at those from different perspectives and you got to, you know, pull up the actual numbers and the actual data and, you know, and really validate because otherwise, and he's like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I actually paid my quarterly sales tax wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Let's find that out. You know, but it, it's super fascinating because that's true. And we see it, you know, at, at a base level when we do our junior entrepreneur uh, little camp that we do for those younger kids, mm-hmm. it's so fun to, when, before we talk about financials, we say, all right, price your product. And they're like, okay, I'm going to sell it for this. And then all of a sudden we say, all right, let's talk about all the costs. And then next thing you know, the costs are more or equal to what they're selling it for. And then we say, how much do you want to sell it for? And it's funny because some of them still say the same price, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Because, and then if you ask them, well, because that's all that someone is willing to pay for it. Okay. So why do you want to do the business? Mm. Right? That's the question that we ask is then is this a good business if you're not going to make any money? Yeah. Because, you know, we always say what, with the kids, we always, we always talk about what do you want to do with the money? Okay. If you had money, what would you want to do with it? Uh, I want to buy a bike or a four-wheeler or, you know, I want to use it for college or whatever it is. But so they need to make money. Well, okay. If you're not making money and you're working all summer long, you don't make any money. Is that going to meeting your goal. Right. But right. at a very simple, simple lesson, you know, with them, but it's funny that in a real zombie business, that's exactly what's going on. They, they're not so using, often. they're not using their financials. Okay. And so their gut feeling off oh, feels like I made a lot of money because revenue was high. Um, but they haven't realized that their expenses were equal to what they were doing. They didn't understand that cost of margin. Mm-hmm. Okay. They didn't understand some just basic business principles um, that now come back to bite them. Yeah. And that, so that's probably another uh, takeaway is that, that you need to educate yourself enough with basic business terms, cost of margin, um, you know, your P&L, balance sheet, and understand exactly what those are so that when you look at them, you can read them because if, if you can't, they're no good. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, I uh, I think that that's that's probably like point number one as we get into this episode on you know how to protect your business from a zombie attack uh, financially. And the first thing is you've got to know where your arsenal is, and your arsenal is the financials. You've got to know yeah. what your cost structure is. You've got to know how to read the financial statements. Uh, and if you don't know that, you know, that's, uh, you're, you're now, you're going to, you know, attack the zombies and you don't know how to load your shotgun. That's, you know, you just went there with, with, with an unloaded shotgun or you're pointing at the yeah. wrong direction or whatever, you know, like you, you have to be able to, uh, to use the tools, uh, use the, the arsenal that, that you have access to. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk about something that I always look for when I'm looking for a zombie business, and that is the subsidy. So when you're doing your financials, always look for the subsidy. Um, subsidies are very common in zombie businesses. Everyone thinks a subsidy is a good thing. 
but they are very dangerous. So when I say subsidy, uh, what I'm specifically talking about, grants can be subsidies. Uh, you can have um, different levels of ownership uh, and assets that can be subsidies. So, you know, let's say, for, for instance, you are running a business and, you know, I see a lot of home-based businesses that they're using their home as a subsidy and they don't recognize the expense that goes into the home that is really truly a business expense. And so it's like your business can't survive without the subsidy of your home. Right. And you know, and I'm not talking about like you've got a home office. I'm talking about people that are like storing inventory in their shed. And, you know, they're like skirting around some of the business licensing uh, because the business can't, it can't survive in a true open market. It has to have that home subsidy or a uh, salary subsidy. You know, I I, I see a lot of times, yes, where you've got. Uh, you know, there's there's a husband-wife situation. One of them has a full-time job, a, you know, a, a high-paying full-time job, and the other one is working the business. And it's the, the high-paying full-time job that's actually paying for the business because the business can't afford to give a salary to the, you know, to the owner who's, who's working in it. And, and, you know, so all of these subsidies... The, the reason why I want to bring subsidies up now is because, you know, so we just talked about looking at the reports, looking at the financials. Subsidies oftentimes get left off of the financials. And they always yeah. do. Well, well, no, that's right. Not, not always <clears throat> because grants are subsidies, uh, you know, cash from that's uh, true, owners can be, be put on, on the balance sheet. Equity and, you know, and, yeah. and so I'll tell you, uh, a huge infusion of cash will hide bad management. If you've got really <laughs> bad management and you get a lot of cash, hmm. uh, it will hide it. It, I, it camouflages bad management better than anything. So if, if you're nervous about whether you've got good management or bad management happening in your company, if you strip down the artificial cash, this is cash that's coming from grant money or this is cash that's coming from owner investment that is typically like relatives. Um, and uh, can we jump back to, cause grants, cause I, I mean, I actively promote, look, there, there's really no such thing as grants for business, but there, but there kind of is, if you know what you're looking for. So I would sort of change that a little bit. Um, but so let's talk about, some of the grants and subsidies out there because people are probably curious about it anyways. And I know it's going to chase the squirrel, but um, sometimes uh, state economic departments will have um, subsidies for like international travel and trade Mm -hmm. where they'll help compensate for some international trade to, to help expand exports out of their state. Uh, Sometimes they'll have um, incentives for if you hire certain type of, uh, demographics that there's some subsidies that they'll give you on some of that onshoring of manufacturing. manufacturing you know. uh, so we're not talking about hey, uh, someone's just going to give me. I mean, there was a little bit. There was the PPP and stuff during COVID, but that's not the stuff we're really talking about. It's mm-hmm. the, generally the, you know, some some states and or cities will do some type of grants that will help uh, in certain sectors. Like we want to grow our manufacturing sector, so we'll have a little bit of funding that you can apply for to help 
offset the cost of equipment to expand your business to strengthen your manufacturing company. So, so they're very isolated and specific, but they do exist out there. Um, but it's generally not, I'm just going to go get a grant and then I use it for whatever I want in my business. Right, They're right, very right. specific. Right. And a couple right. things, grants some industries, are not free. No. And some industries, uh, by nature, like travel and tourism tends to have a few more grants to promote travel and tourism. And so advertising type stuff, mm-hmm. some companies that's the only advertising that they can afford to do is because they got a little bit of a grant from a tourism company and they putting it in a magazine that's going to go over in a different country to help promote it to come to the state. Uh, and those are where you're talking about subsidies are bad because you're, you're, you're not, you don't have a normal marketing plan using financials and a budget to do that when you're just kind of limping off of someone else's kind of helping to promote it, which is not the best way to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, um, you know, this is good that you're kind of clarifying. This is the idea that, Subsidies themselves are not bad, but subsidies lead to bad management very quickly. Uh, you know, it, <clears throat> I, I I use this analogy all the time when I'm talking with businesses. I say, you know, do you do you drive a car? And it's like, yes. You know, okay. Are you aware of how many accidents happen on the interstate? all the time and people die all the time. So shouldn't you stop driving your car because of all those accidents? The answer is no. It makes more sense to drive your car, but understand the risks and driving your car too fast dramatically increases the risk of you getting in an accident. And so, you know, if, if you look at, if, if you're running a business and let's say you're on Main Street and all of a sudden, you know, your your local municipality wants to give a little bit of a, you know, a clean up Main Street grant. And so right. there's 500 bucks for you to put some, you know, flower pots up front. Take the 500 bucks. We are not opposed to that kind of thing. But what happens all the time is you get these businesses that, you know, they can't make money on their own. And so they feel like the grant is going to make them money. And, right. And I'm like, no, like uh, grants are not designed to start up companies. Grants are not designed to offset weak companies and make them strong. Grants are designed to jumpstart the strong companies and make them stronger. And so, you know, people that are offering grants, they're not looking for the weak, feeble business that is, you know, it's going to go out of business if it doesn't receive funding. Yeah. yeah. Basically, here's a good way to say, if you're a zombie business, you likely will never qualify for a grant because your financials and other things. So if you've been, if you've had opportunities and they're not funding you, that's probably a huge red flag. You're a zombie business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And and so, so, so that's kind of the grant side, but let's, let's talk about some of these other subsidies, right? If I am receiving income, well, no, I'm not receiving income. If my spouse is working and it is paying our bills and me as an owner, I'm okay with this, that's a mistake. I should calculate what my, you know, what my compensation should be. And if I am not profitable as a business, if I had to pay myself, I'm a zombie business. Especially if you're in your, your past year or two. Yeah. You really need to step back and reconsider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, 
you know, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, you've got a short window where you can be subsidized. Right. And, you know, and that short window, I'm going to say max is two years, uh, preferably is within one year, you know. So if you've got a plan within one year, you're like, I'm not going to take a salary the first year, but I am going to take a salary the second year. That's a plan. It's reasonable, yeah. you know. But yeah, if you're still not pulling money into it and you've gone three, four years, sorry, you're a zombie. You're the living dead. So, so I'm always looking for the subsidy. That's, that's kind of moral of the story on that one. Okay. Another one I, I like to counsel businesses on as we're looking at it is how are you, how are you paying for your expenses? Okay. So are you generating cash to pay for your expenses? Are some of your expenses being paid by accounts payables or other debt consistently? So am I using, am I frequently using debt or account payable type stuff to cover expenses as I'm limping along? And I think, so this one's a little bit more complicated to know if you're doing it right or if you're doing it wrong because you want to take advantage of vendor credit. Correct, but am I paying off the vendor credit when the invoice comes, yeah, or am I continuing to hold a balance? Because a lot of companies will run um, debt through a credit cards. I mean, it's just a common way of doing business now. But am I paying them off every month, or am I carrying a balance? So I'm just but thinking here. You're carrying a balance too long. It's a that's a scary sign for me because you're not generating enough cash to pay it all off. So you're you're not incurring high interest rates. So we're big advocates of financial ratios. I've never explored a ratio of accounts receivables to accounts payables. Oh, interesting. Because be. both of those are those are two that I always look at is what's happening to your accounts payable and what's happening to your accounts receivable. Yeah. Are they increasing or decreasing? And are and is one decreasing and the other one increasing inversely, which is could be really, really bad. And, and so you could, you could take uh, kind of a receivables to payables ratio, and I would picture as a general rule that you'd want to be a 1 to a 1.5 uh, receivables to payables. Right. You know, and if you start trending down sharply or if you're below a 1, that's, that's kind of a warning sign. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because certainly if you're... interesting ratio. I'm, yeah. I'm going to explore that a little bit and, right. and see if... That's what I want to put in my, uh, in, in my tool bag. Yeah. So how you're financing expenses to me is one I always want to look at. Um, where, you know, how are you covering those expenses? Is it cash that you're generating from sales? Is it a subsidy that you're offsetting it to just kind of keep it limping along? Is it, no, I have a credit card and the credit card is building a balance? Um, so, so. I do want to talk about that credit card for a second because I've seen a lot of small businesses really navigate those credit card waters in creative ways that I have very much disagreed with. Uh, so, for example, I, I was... Cash advances from one card to the next to pay it off? No, 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 no. Even Is more creative than that. <laughs> so this, this guy, uh, I got to hear this Yeah, I, I was working with a, a company once who refinanced their house and they rolled all of their credit card debt into the, uh, into the refinance. And they thought that that was a fabulous thing to do because they're like, you know, and this was, uh, th- th- this was several years back. So this is when interest rates were just dropping. So probably picture, you know, like the 5% range. So I have so many questions around this one already. 
So I told you it was creative, right? Not in a good way creative. And so they were, you know, they were floating at, I don't remember, but it was probably somewhere between an 8 to 12% on a credit card, and they saw that they could get 5% on a mortgage, and they're just like, oh. And so they, they refinanced their house. They subsidized their business because they had enough equity in their house, okay. and they took the equity from their house, and they paid off all of their business credit cards, and they thought that they were on ground zero in a good position. And I went to them, and I said, okay, there are so many mistakes here because, number one, you violated the rule of you always want to line up your business debt. Long-term debt uh, goes with, uh, you know, long-term assets. Short-term debt goes with short-term assets. And so the problem with putting credit cards, so credit card, they were using credit card to just do the the monthly, you know, they're paying the monthly off with the credit card. Well, now they rolled that into a 30-year mortgage. And I'm like, Okay, sure, you got a better interest rate, but, but you, you compound you, that over 30, 30 years, years. That was the most expensive and, month of your life. And I'll guarantee you that they're putting balances back on those credit cards. Exactly. They went right back to the same behavior. They freed up the cards so they thought they had more cash, but they didn't. And and so, so oh. that's super dangerous. The other thing that you don't realize when you do that is that you put dead weight onto either your personal finance or onto your business finance. In this case, it was personal finance. They were carrying dead weight that was producing nothing for them for the 30-year term of that note. And and so, you know, that, that was bad. The other thing is the subsidy hid bad management because they didn't know how to manage their monthly correctly. And what would happen is it, it took them a while to get that credit card balance built up because there's ebb and flow with credit cards. You put something on, you pay it off. Some expenses are big, some are small, and there's a ton of ebb and flow. And so it wasn't immediately that they're going to rack up that new credit card bill. And so over time, it's going to go back in. They're never fixing the management issues of why they're racking up credit card in the first place. And so, you know, like we've already stated, they're going to get back into the same situation, but it will take long enough that they'll forget how they got out of that situation and then they'll just, you know, put mistakes upon mistakes. And when you said that, it reminded me and I, I, you know, I printed it off. Um, I was in a training the other day and they had a very interesting slide that so often when we run into a challenge, um, there's more effective ways to deal with the challenge. And so generally when we see a hazard, the first thing that we do is we try to create or protect from the hazard. Mm. Okay. That's the first thing we do is we try to protect from the hazard and that works and kind of helps, but the more effective way is actually to change behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's change the behavior so that we don't, yeah. So let's use a, us, uh, outlet on, uh, you know, a little kid, you know, the electrical the, outlet yeah. for the house that you put the little safety plug in. Yeah. So, the electric, you know, the outlet by itself is a problem, but now we've made it so that it's really fairly narrow. And so we try to protect from the hazard, but still it can be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we change the behavior, we tell our kids, look, don't stick anything in it. Don't stick that fork in there. That's what we really want, you know. Right. But when you get it even farther, we're trying to, if you want to be more effective, we want to isolate the hazard, right? Okay. We want to isolate it so that it, there's a less likely chance that it's going to happen. So then we start to stick in, you know, little plastic things in there that as parents we do to, to avoid it. And that's okay. And, that, and it works and it's better. Um, 
but there's, you know, nowadays I, I look at some of the technologies that it's coming out. So for instance, if you, the more effective way, even stepping up to the next level is replace the hazard. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think about your phone now, instead of plugging my phone in, in many ways, there's, I can just sit my phone on top of a charger, oh, yeah, the right? Yeah. The wireless and charge it. Okay. So that's becoming more effective. We're replacing the hazard to where now my kids can, don't have to worry about even doing anything. I don't know at what point in time that uh, most things will be either magnet stuck into something or we'll just set something on to charge things or where right, things. Right, I don't know. Right. I don't know where technology is going to take things, but I mean, ultimately, you know, the, the, the best re- thing is to actually remove the hazard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you talk about financials in a zombie business, those steps are really actually pretty important that if we can actually remove the hazard, um, which is the highest and most effective way, we actually can probably save the business. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, removing the hazard a lot of times is the owner. <laughs> right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> but is, but it, it doesn't have to, you know, when you say remove the hazard, you don't have to remove the owner, but you do have to remove some of the owner's behaviors. And, yeah. you know, if you as an owner, you know, if you are not, actively changing your behaviors, then I guarantee there are bad behaviors that are just, you know, yeah. See, embedding in your business. So when I saw that, the first thing that came to my mind with financials is we're, we're so busy at that lower level of just trying to protect from the hazard. Okay. We're just protecting, protecting, protecting right. that we're not actually doing anything that's more effective or highly effective. We're just trying to just sneak by. Does that make sense? And, and and I really want to kind of bring this back to the financial statements because a lot of times businesses don't realize that they have more control over their financials. So, right. you know, I would say what you're talking about here is when a business looks at it and they're just like, oh, we don't have cash. We can't pay our bills. We can't make payroll. Or, oh, we are unprofitable. Or so, sales are trending so to, down. So to protect against it, what do I do? I take some debt to cover. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? I take some debt. I go put more on a credit card just to get me by. And and the correct thing to do is to understand the relationship correct. of financials and say, okay, well, what what are the little things? You know, am I managing my inventory? You know, because there's a lot of cash that's tied up in inventory. Right. And, you know, so I saw this when the, when the pandemic hit. There were two, you know, two kind of approaches. There were the people that kept high levels of inventory, so they were never backordered. And then there were the people that tried to run lean. Well, the people that ran lean were backordered, and so they lost out on sales. But now the people who are, you know, sitting on six times the amount of inventory that they actually need because, you know, they yeah. bought up because of the, you know, the pandemic was going on and now they're in a little bit of a situation. And so if you can look at that and say, what kind of inventory management do I want? Do I have the cash flow to support this? Right. You know, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's a great way, great way to look at that. Yeah. And I, I love when you get into the financials is looking at my uh, variable costs, fixed costs, contribution margin in relationship to other things on there mm-hmm. to see how those are changing over time. Um, that's a good indicator whether I'm trending in the right direction or the wrong direction. Those are early signs that if we're watching on our financial statements that we can catch mm-hmm. um, and curb before it gets too late. You know, uh, uh, nowadays, you know, the big question is, is in, you know, interest rates are climbing and everyone thinks, well, it's affecting other things. Well, some people are just smart enough to say, well, you know what? 
my margins are staying good, but if everyone thinks that prices need to be going up and they're going to buy off on it, I'm raising my prices, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Right? So now they're, you know, and you see, matter of fact, I just saw um, Apple released some of their second quarter for first quarter, second quarter financials. I think Uh it was second quarter financials. Um, They had something like $94 billion in sales and they made like $24 billion in revenue or uh, in profit. uh, In profit. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure that those are, I'm trying to recall off the top of my head, but they were billions. I was going to say, you probably need to add a zero to each of those. No, they were, it was not, I'm pretty no, sure. No, I'm saying that, 940 billion. And uh, maybe it was, I'm pretty sure it was 994 billion. For a quarter? Yeah. Okay, that could be a quarterly, yeah. But it, huge, huge numbers. Um, but so they're, they, you know, they're managing it really, really well. They're in really bad times. They're still making money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to do that because they, they know and understand their financials. Well, and that's the funny thing is people say in bad times. So you and I were very outdoorsy. Uh, I love, I love hiking. It was a great time. I know it was, it was fabulous. Um, except for now all the places are crowded. Everyone became outdoorsy. It used to be a lot more (laughs) quiet. That is true. But uh, I heard this expression once, and I think it's a fabulous expression, is that there's no bad weather, there's just bad gear. And, you know, I was up in the Uinta Mountains, and there was a horrible rainstorm that came in. And I just put on my rain gear, and I went and sat on the edge of the lake and watched this storm come in. That would have been amazing. It was amazing. And yet you were still dry? Yeah. Yeah, I was perfectly comfortable. And I sat in this thing and just watched this storm move over this lake. Uh, The fish were jumping like crazy. The rain was just pounding on the lake, and it was just rippling throughout it. It was beautiful. And I sat there for like an hour. And, you know, everyone else in the group, they all went in their tent and then they waited out the storm. And then when the storm passed, because in the Uintas, man, storms move quickly, right. right? And so when the storm passed and the sun came out and everyone crawled out and they're just like, oh, well, our afternoon was wasted. I'm like, you kidding me? That was, uh, that was, <laughs> amazing. That was amazing. And you guys just went and crammed in these small little tents and, you know, and just, just kind of waited it out. And I'm like... Uh, in business, you know, look at it th- the same way as your financials. You know, I talked about it being your arsenal. Well, I'm now going to say it's your gear. Like, if you have right. the right gear, you can go out in any weather and you can have a great time. You know, snow skiing and snowboarding is miserable if you're cold, but if Correct. you're not, it's so fun. much fun. You that's know, right. and so so that's that's kind of how I look at the financials. And with what you're saying, like, yeah, just just manage them. Get in there and manage those financials. Right. Yeah, use them to your advantage. I totally agree. So I think uh, I think we'll go ahead and uh, just kind of wrap up there. There's, there's a lot you can do with financials. And if you want to get into some of the specifics, I know we, we kind of hinted on a few things, financial ratios and understanding cash flow and payables. We've got several uh, previous episodes. We actually did a, a series recently, a four-part series on financials. And so if you want to catch those. Well, and a shameless plug for you, you know, your growth by the numbers is an amazing one. Training. And yeah, so the, I, the you, growth by the numbers training. I'll plug it for you. I, I appreciate that. It, it really is a fabulous training. Um, and so if you want to check that out, uh, you can find it. Uh, it's on learndesk.us. 
Uh, you can check out Growth by the Numbers, or you can reach out to me, Ryan, at Marketing Management Money to get more information on that training. But uh, just know that uh, the financials is the way that you can see whether or not you are a zombie and what you need to do to fix it. Like the management, you have to manage to avoid becoming a zombie, but the financials is really where you're going to find the specific issues and how to fix those specific issues. So if that's if that's not familiar with you, get the training that you need, uh, learn what you need to learn, and then uh, I think we'll we'll wrap this up with part three when we uh, talk about the sales and marketing of okay. uh, sales and marketing patterns of a uh, zombie business. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, catch you guys next time. <laughs>